What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 186, and we'll be talking about Stargate Atlantis' episode, The Gift. The Gift! There were plenty of moments that could have been turned into a GIF, I gotta tell you. Like, well, tons of them. Just, yes. There was all sorts of really good ones. Uh, David put up, pulled out quite a few of those moments in the trailer. It was really good. But I'm just saying, there was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of really, like, sumptuous visuals on this one. Ooh, sumptuous. Sumptuous. Hey! Sumptuous. So, friends, we're an independent podcast, and if you want to hear us go into the thesaurus for more words like sumptuous, then you can, uh, if you want, you can support what we got going on. Uh, we've got uh, buy me a coffee <laughs> thing. That's uh, buymeacoffee.com slash walking through. Uh, but the easiest way to go there or to interact with that is to go to our website, which is wtts.space. Space! And hit the coffee cup in the bottom right corner. It'll pop up a little widget thing. You can uh, buy a coffee or a couple or several, uh, or you can say, no, I have a very specific amount of coffees that I wish to purchase. And that number is 42. You can do that. It's Ooh. yeah, you can, you can, you can give us the answer to life, the universe and everything right there through coffee purchases. And if you want to be a bit more of an ongoing supporter, uh, like a monthly type contributor, if you click on the words walking through the Stargate after you uh, open up the little coffee cup doohickey, you're taken to the buy me a coffee website, buymeacoffee.com slash walking through. That's where, you know, it's, they're running it like any other, the artist thing where, you know, there's tears and there's blah, whatever we, we, we run it more. We run it more like public radio. Hello. Welcome to WTTS. I'm Brent, that's Zach, and we are going to be talking a bit about how you can uh, contribute to the wonderful and edifying content that we have right here on this radio program. Uh, So if you wish to contribute on a monthly basis, you can do so by uh, clicking on the memberships. Yes, uh, we have the general fund, which is the funding that we use to maintain the program for your enjoyment. Uh, currently, we do not have any other tiers. We find that to be uh, superfluous. And so if you uh, wish to contribute on a monthly basis, you can go and you can contribute with memberships. Also, we have things that are called wish lists. There's a couple of wish list items that make sense, like uh, some different microphones and a mixer. But there's one wish list item that makes no sense, and that is uh, contributing to Brent's agony by uh, uh, by by. Uh, putting in money toward the wish list that is Stargate Infinity, the non-canonical Stargate animated series that was made in the early 2000s and is considered by most to be, by far, the worst Stargate content ever created. Uh, there's several episodes that we have already gone through, but many, 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 many more that we have not yet uh, got to. So if you want us to once again review those episodes, you can contribute to that wish list item once it funds we will do two more of those episodes. And so if you have friends that wish to listen to this fantastic public radio content, you can have them go to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or iHeartRadio Podcasts or Amazon Podcasts. You can also have them go to podcast aggregators. They can search for Walking Through the Stargate and they will find our content there. Additionally, they can go to wtts.space space and there's a player on the bottom left corner where they can sample the content and see if they really do wish to continue to participate in this fantastic programming so zach 
Yes, Brent. If a person wants to get a hold of us uh, and let us know that that us doing public radio voices is actually a terrible idea and that I really should stop doing it right now, how might they reach out and let us know that? So if you have already fallen asleep, I am terribly sorry. <clears throat> I think you should wake up now. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and if you have now just been startled awake after the soothing dulcet tones of my co-host, Mr. Brent, uh, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com and tell us all about your nodding off experience yes, there we go yeah that what there you go what uh, uh what dreamland did you go to when suddenly ooh. presented with uh a call for contributions in the public radio style that's right that's right right um uh or you could also go to the facebook's and join the Facebook page and the Facebook group and have mm-hmm. conversations there and do all the fun things uh you can also go to the website wtts.space space and on the website wtts.space space you can find links to all of our episodes and links to the discords and links to the Facebooks and all sorts of fun things like that. Speaking of discords, you can also go take that link to the discord and yeah. join the conversation yep. there. There's all sorts of fun conversation about Stargate things and not Stargate things and tasty beverage things oh, and, boy. and foods and, and, and video games. And, and, and it's just all a bunch of people who apparently like this podcast. Thank you very much, everybody. Yes, very much. Uh, thank you. And, and then, uh, getting getting together and having some fun conversation about Absolutely. things. Absolutely. To this week, I was introduced to the cube rule for food, and I got to tell you, it is a magnificent, absurd rule. It is delightful. So I noticed that the word cube was tossed out, but I did not get a chance to read all about the cube rule. So uh, as, as a noob, what is the cube rule? So at number one, it's worth it going back and reading through that thing. But two, the cube rule basically has a set of uh, uh, definitions uh, that food falls into. And, and if, uh, if, for example, if there is no bottom to the completed food, then it's a, actually a salad. If there is one bottom, it is toast. If there is a bottom and a top, it is a sandwich. If there is a bottom, a left and a right, it is a taco. If it is a bottom, a left, a right and a top, it is a sushi. If there is a bottom, a left, a right, a front and a back, but no top, it is a quiche. If there is a bottom, a left, a right, a back, a front and a top, it is a calzone. And if there is a bottom, a top and a middle between those two, it's a cake. And so we discovered that there are some fantastic uh, implications of this. For example, soup is actually a salad. So is steak <laughs> actually a salad. Uh, pizza is actually toast. Uh, we discovered that uh, a burrito is actually a calzone. Um, a club sandwich is actually cake because there's more than right. And and oh, okay. uh, and a pie is a quiche, except for some pies, which are actually calzones. It was super fun. We had so much fun just like going just deeper and deeper into the absurdity. That was uh, that was let's see here. It looks like it was Wednesday this week, uh, about nine o'clock in the morning or so. You can go back in that little that little part of the general channel and learn all about the cube rule. There you go. So if this is the type of thing that you want to participate in, you can go and join us on the discord and have all sorts of fun conversations. It's a hoot. It's like an absolute that. blast. Now, Brent. Yes. Um, if you'll recall, a number of episodes ago, and I don't know exactly how many episodes ago it was, 
we had talked about maybe trying to go to a Stargate convention in 2024. Yes. Uh, and as far as we have seen so far at this point in time, I haven't heard of any Stargate conventions. Yeah, neither have I. In 2024. So, given that there isn't a Stargate convention in 2024, we probably won't be going to a Stargate convention in 2024. It, definitional. Yep, yep. Now, if that has made you, dear listener, very sad. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It is Fear sad. not. Fear not. Because there are other things that will make you very excited. Yeah? Like what? Uh, well, see, in 2024, you and I, Brent, will reach our official 200th uh, episode. Uh, 200! Can you believe it? I, I, I have a hard time uh, believing I, it myself. I have a hard time believing it. But we're going to get to 200th episodes. Yeah. Uh, which is exciting. Um, roughly speaking, it'll probably be around the beginning of April yeah. in 2024. Um, you know, a lot of things need to kind of, uh, fit into place before we know exactly when that's going to go, but it'll be around there. It's yeah. It, odd. Just kind of knowing how things are going. You can probably guarantee that it's going to be in April. Yeah. 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 Um, but. Uh, Brent and I have done a lot of conversations and talking about what this would look like and how we're going to celebrate this milestone Yeah, because 200 episodes in any podcast is huge. It's, yes. uh, I, I, I kind of hoped Brent that we would get to this spot, but I almost <laughs> didn't quite believe it. Um, yeah, sure. And, and, and frankly, we have, so doing the math, we have nearly 200 episodes left to go. Uh wow. It's 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 a little less than that because right now we are just a smidge over halfway through all of the Stargate content that's out there available to us and we're not quite at 200. So I don't think we'll actually hit 400 uh unless something unless unless new Stargate comes out and which then is possible. which is possible. Um but still this is this is pretty impressive. So how are we going to celebrate oh, this yeah. day, Brent? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, oh. I was about to distract us. Nope. No distractions. Oh. Carry on. No distractions. So, um, A, uh, the 200th episode, we've talked about this, is going to be a video cast. Yes. Yes. So we're going to have a video cast. We'll put that on to our YouTube channel um, uh, and probably also Facebook as well. Yep. Uh, we're still working on whether it's going to be live streamed it's possible. or pre-recorded. It's possible it'll be live streamed. Yep. Um, uh, so we, we'll have a video cast. Don't worry, folks, if you're not a video caster, um, we will also have the audio available for uh, for download on the standard uh, RSS feed. Absolutely. That we have. So it'll be both place, places. But if you wanted to join us in that, uh, you know, witness and participate in that regard. Uh, the the video cast that's great. Now, um, this is what we need from you, dear listeners. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, without going into a lot of details, uh, sock puppets is something that we talked about, kind of like bubbled to the surface in the yes. past, and we yes. love this idea. Yes. So we need you and your sock puppets. Be as creative as you want. Yeah, or or not. Well, no, no here, that, that's why I said or want. Yes. Right. Yes. Your your creativity might be. I have an old gym sock and yes. I have put it on my hand and yes. I go. That is perfect. You know that that is perfectly fine. If you have googly eyes yep. and you want to take that old gym sock and put two googly eyes on it and say, "Ha ha! I have made a sock puppet." Ha! <laughs> or if if you are a a a, a in, an industry artist and and you want to make like go all out and make yeah. like like a muppet. Yes. 
by all means, yeah, make a Muppets. Go for it. Like, whatever. no stopping you. No stopping you. Uh, just do whatever you want. And then, um, as part of this, we're going to have an ask us anything type mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. uh, where you and your sock puppet can <laughs> ask us. <laughs> or just the sock puppet. It doesn't have to or be both sh- of you. It could be. That's true. If, if you're camera shy, you can have just the sock puppet. Yep. Uh, and record a short little video landscape. Yes. Landscape. Landscape. Uh, you know, uh, of, of your sock puppet. Uh, asking us a question. It can be Stargate related. It doesn't have to be Stargate related. Uh, I will say that uh, for my own protection and Brent's, if it's a non-Stargate related question, uh, I reserve the right to not answer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will guarantee this. I will answer every question, but it might not be accurate. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love that. You can ask and I'll answer. But you might not yeah. be able to trust what I say. <laughs> um, you know, um, you know, so like if you ask what my address is, I'm not going to tell you that. And, I'll, uh, and I will totally make up an address that is not real and tell and say it with a straight face. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally live. Yeah. Here. You know. Yeah. So um, <laughs> uh, uh, another thing that you could do is, um, you know, we've done. By that point in time, we will have done 199 episodes and even more than that, actually, because we've we've technically hit more than 200 episodes of, you know, within the, the walking through Stargate yeah, of universe stuff. Yeah. of stuff. Um, but we haven't hit episode 200 yet. Correct. So there's a lot of stuff there. And if there was a, uh, you know, something in episode 74 or in 39, right. That was just funny for you or just gave you a new think, new way of thinking about something or something that was just whatever. Yep. Um, you can, Interact with that with your sock puppet. Yep. Uh, give us the episode and a timestamp on that, and we can pull that out. Or if you have that capabilities and want to add that into your little video, you can do that too. Sure. Um, yeah. You no know. So these yet. are all uh, some some broad strokes that we're talking about. Um, you know, you, you can start get things percolating in the head. You know, we're in episode one eighty six, so we still have fourteen episodes to yeah. go before we get there. Yep. Uh, so, you know, as, as we get closer, we'll say more and we'll invite you to produce these things and send it to us. And uh, we're just going to make this 200th episode a fun day to reminisce about uh, Stargate and about the podcast yep. um, and just, just, you know, celebrating that milestone. Sure. Absolutely. So, I look forward to it. It'll be a good time. I am excited about it. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything to add about that, Brent? Not at this time. Okay. We will know more as we make it up. I mean, as we know more. Yes. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So, Brent. Yes. We should probably shift gears and start talking about the gift. Yep. Time to get time to get into that gear. Uh, and, and and by gift we mean not something that has been turned into a gif or gif, depending on how you want to pronounce that, but the gif. gift as in a present for somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A present. Right. All not right. A, not so, an animated thing. But yes, let's let's get into that, the that's gift. True, that's true. Right. So the director is Peter DeLuise. Uh huh. This is his second of two credits this season. He directed the Defiant one earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story for this episode is by Robert Cooper and Martin Garrow, and the teleplay is by Robert Cooper. Uh, this is uh, Robert's uh, third of three 
writing credits this season. He did Rising. I think he shared that with Brad Wright. Mm-hmm. He also did Hide and Seek, which, if I recall correctly, is like the third episode. And then he has this episode, The Gift. Mm-hmm. We have several guest actors to talk about. Uh, Paul McGillian, Dr. Carson Beckett, David Nicholas, Dr. Radic Zelenka. Ben Cotton returns for a moment as Dr. Kavanaugh. Yep. The man we love to hate. Uh, and or yet find whatever. ourselves surprisingly in agreement with. Yes. Yes, that's... Yeah. Okay. We have Dean Marshall as Sergeant Bates, mm-hmm. who always gets under my skin. Yep. Uh, we have James <laughs> Lafazanos, who plays the Wraith yeah. running around. Yeah. Uh, we also say hello briefly to Chuck Campbell, who plays Chuck the Technician. Uh-huh. He, he, got, he snuck in there and was like, oh, something's coming through the wormhole or something yep. like that. I yep. can't remember exactly. Uh, we are introduced this episode to Claire Rankin as Dr. Kate Heitmeyer. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a mini biography on IMDb by Anonymous. Oh, uh, no, we haven't heard from Anonymous in a while. I know, but we have here. So here we go. Anonymous says about Claire Rankin. Uh, she is from Prince Edward Island. I she was is- wondering the name Rankin. So there's a I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but I'm totally going to interrupt. There is a musical group, the Rankins, which are all siblings, and they're from Cape Breton in Nova Scotia, which is not too far away from Prince Edward Island. Well, there you go. Yeah. Maybe she's related to them. Probably in like a cousin kind of way or distant, cousin, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, continuing. She yes. is best known as Mary Critch on the comedy series Son of a Critch. Ah, okay. Which mm-hmm. is a Canadian broadcast company show. Uh-huh. She is a trained singer and dancer. Mm-hmm. She spent four seasons performing with the Stratford Shakespearean Festival. Mm-hmm. She performed the role of Cynthia Murphy on the U.S. national tour of Dear Evan Hansen hmm, in okay. 2020. Um, we will see Dr. Heitmeyer again over the seasons. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. Uh, and as I was looking through her um, uh, biography of, of, of shows, um, what's that called? Filmography? That's, yes. Or, yeah. Uh, I noticed that she was in one episode of Kung Fu, The Legend <gasps> Continues. Oh! <laughs> we haven't heard that name in no. a long time. But oh, I ran through fun. that and I noticed that. I'm like, I had to make a mention of it. She yeah. played Susan in the season four episode Storm Warning uh, back in 96 of Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Um, and now her first IMDb credit came in 1989 when she was in the TV movie, The Comedy of Errors. Okay. Which is the story from Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors, but told, as far as I can tell, what I've seen in a modern setting, and probably not even in, like, probably in modern language, so not Shakespearean language or anything like that. But it's just that story of uh, twins who get separated at birth and get split up, and then weirdness ensues. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have Brenda McDonald, who plays Charin. Yes. Uh, this is the old woman that uh, Taylor goes and talks to. Yep. Uh, she is known for Elf in 2003, Scary Movie in 2006, and 88 Minutes in 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see Charin again in a future episode. Oh, good. So nice. she'll, she'll pop back again mm-hmm. in, in a later episode. Uh, her first IMDb credit came in 1992 in the movie Leaving Normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the motel clerk in that in that movie. Ah, okay. So there you go. Uh, the original air date for The Gift was March 11, 2005, which is the same day as 
threads, which we talked about last time in our podcast. Yep. So if you want to know what was in the box office and all of that stuff, you can go and listen to that episode again. Yep. Or at least that section of it. Um, now, I have some uh, trivia for this episode. Yes. Apparently, the m- combat, that martial arts stuff that uh, Shepard and Taylor were practicing at the beginning with the 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 sticks and all that stuff is yeah. a Filipino martial art called, I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to try it, Escrima. Oh, okay. Uh, E-S-C-R-I-M-A. Probably uh, Escrima. Yeah. Um, so, there you go. Uh, we learned from Kavanaugh. We've had this conversation several times, how many people are actually on Atlantis. Yeah. But the expedition includes about 200 people. Yeah. Most of whom are scientists. Yes. So, fascinating. Which then... Which then- only further amplifies uh, the losses that we have seen on screen um, because it, to this point, we've lost, what, a tenth, maybe more? 15, 20 people? Yeah. 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 It, it, it's, I mean, it, it's uh, only a tenth. And I mean, one of the things that we were, you know, were there only like a hundred people? Right. Um, I mean, you think about how many people were sardined into the, uh, the embarkation room back in Cheyenne mountain. Yeah. Um, and they weren't none 200 people in that room. Correct. So, I mean, I I can only imagine the logistics and I'm just thinking about that one technician who accidentally got stuck in the mill of people. He's like, wait, I don't want to go. Somehow I I forgot about that for this. Yeah. (laughs) And now he's in the he she is in the Pegasus Galaxy. Absolutely. Um, so uh when Taylor Imagen disappears into the wall on that one planet, McKay says, maybe if you get a good running start, yeah, you, you gotta slam into it. Um uh, is 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 a delightful reference to how um Harry Potter uh, Hogwarts students in Harry Potter yes. uh got through the wall to get down to platform nine and three quarters. Yep. Um which is just a delightful little nod to that. Yep. Um, let's see here. Slam into uh, it. I, I, I missed it, but during the opening uh, montage, late night montage, we get into Ford's room and there is a comic book there. And that comic book is the amazing Avenger. Uh-huh. And the, the amazing Avenger there is uh, a remarkable uh, similarity to Martin Wood. Uh-huh. <laughs> <clears throat> and nice. if you remember from the SG-1 episode Avenger 2.1 and the other guys, uh-huh. uh probably mostly just Avenger, uh um, you know, Felger is talking about the amazing Avenger being his favorite superhero. Uh they actually had made that comic book for that episode, but it never made it onto screen. Ah, okay. Uh, Cuz that little scene got cut. And so they used this in Ford's room as a little uh, prop there as yeah. the camera goes by. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, uh, the character of Kate Heitmeyer was originally named Jane Heitmeyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they changed it because uh, there is an actress in Earth Final Conflict named Jane Heitmeyer. Oh, well, okay. Uh, it spelled differently, but um, still there it is. Yep. Uh, and so Peter DeLuise went to Robert Cooper and said, maybe we should change your name to Kate or something yep. like that. So, yep. so they did that. Um, so that's my trivia. Oh, dude, this episode in other languages, uh, the Germans and the Russians just call it the gift. Okay. All right. All right. You know, 
uh, the Hungarians call it the ability. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that, that's right along that same line. And the French this yeah. time yeah. call it under hypnosis. Yeah, that's vague enough. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay. Are you ready, Brent, for the synopsis for yes. The Gift? Let's get into this. All right, here we go. It's dark. It's creepy. The people of Atlantis sleep. Those on the night shift are groggy. Mm. And a wraith silently stalks through the hallways looking for prey. The incarnation of death moves into Taylor's room as she sleeps. Towering over her bed, the creature slams his head into her chest, sucking the life force from her body. Taylor waits. It was only a dream, a nightmare. She gets up and heads to Shepard's room. She needs someone to talk to about this nightmare. She knocks on the door. He doesn't answer. She opens the door and enters. She walks to his bed. John? John? John! She tosses the covers only to see a desiccated corpse lying there in the bed. Ah! She turns around. The wraith attacks her again. (laughs) She wakes. For real this time. For real. For real, for real. For real. Sweaty and cold. Yeah. The next day, she and John are training, but Taylor is off her game. The major notices that something is amiss with Tater. Taylor. Later that day, Tater. in a... <laughs> Thanks, Brent. I was just going to let that slide. Hey, I pay attention. <laughs> I'm glad you listened to me. Anyway, let's carry on about John and Tater. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the major good, notices anyway, that yeah, something is amiss with Taylor. Ta- Taylor, got it. Taylor. Later that day, in a staff meeting discussing the impending wraith threat and the lack of hope for Atlantis's survival, Taylor snaps at Doctor Weir. Mm-hmm. The major notices that something is amiss with Taylor. Mm-hmm. Later, Doctor Kate Heitmeyer, the resident psychologist, sits down next to Taylor, eating her lunch. The doctor just wants to talk to Taylor, to listen to her, to help her process her emotions. Taylor wants nothing to do with this. She is not crazy and doesn't need no therapist. Mm-hmm. No siree. She realizes that Major Shepard sent this shrink to her, and now she is angry at the Major. Yeah. And so she goes to yell at him. Yep. For his part, the Major is about to leave to depart Atlantis to go to the Alpha site uh, for one last check. And he's frankly concerned about Taylor. She's not been sleeping. She's having nightmares. She's off her game. Something's amiss. She's a member of his team, and she's not well. It is his job to provide avenues for better health for her. And so for now, he orders her to take a nap. Take a nap. Well, Taylor can't sleep. Mm-hmm. So finally, she decides to go visit Dr. Heitmeyer. At her door, she is surprised to see that Rodney is there, mm-hmm. leaving the psychologist's office. Mm-hmm. He, too, mm-hmm. seems uncomfortable with the stigma of visiting a psychologist. Nevertheless, he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Heitmeyer and Taylor begin to talk. They talk about Taylor's discomfort. They talk about her leadership, her feeling that she always needs to prove herself. They talk about her family, her ability to feel the wraith presence. Have you always been able to do that? Ever since I was young? Or something like that. I don't know. That night, Taylor has another nightmare. 
And so she goes to Dr. Beckett, wondering if there's anything physically wrong with her. They talk, and eventually she asks him to take her to the mainland to visit another Athosian. So they do. On the mainland, Taylor has a conversation with Charon. And Charon reveals the history of some of the people who long ago were taken by the Wraith, but then returned to the village. These people were different. They were ostracized. Sometimes they were quite violent. Uh, most of them were ended, up, ended up getting killed by the rest of the village, but some survived in hiding. And the progeny of those that survived make up the people who now can sense the Wraith's presence. Mm-hmm. Charon is also able to reveal the coordinates of the planet where these people escaped from, or something like that. So the team travels there uh, to help Taylor process all of this stuff. And sure enough, they find a secret Wraith laboratory. And there they find an external hard drive with the Wraith's lab notes. Mm. These notes teach the Atlantis expedition a lot of new information about the Wraith. They, in fact, evolved from the Erratus bug. Yeah, they, these bugs apparently fed on humans enough and absorbed enough of their DNA to eventually uh, evolve over hundreds of years into the creatures they are today. Probably oh, hundreds of millions because that's how evolution works. But that doesn't work for plot. So it, no, it, no, no, no. It's, it can only be hundreds of years because they've only been there for you know a few, th- you know, tens of thousands of years. Aggressive evolution. That's a good band name. Ooh. Aggressive evolution. I, I, I imagine that they do a lot of soft rock. Oh. Da, 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 da. Hey. All right. Um, in any case, they also learn that uh, the evolution of the Wraith happened after the ancients returned to the Pegasus galaxy. Mm-hmm. So we don't know exactly when. Maybe it was millions of years ago. Uh, certainly hundred, maybe hundreds of thousands of years ago, because we know that hu- humans have been around on Earth for, what, 65,000 years, roughly? Uh, no, more than uh, that. Uh, no. I, what, I in, in universe? Like, 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 in like, like I, I'm trying, trying to think about, because we, we've learned in SG-1 that right. the ancients were the first evolution of humans. Yes. And they reset things on Earth creating us, a second evolution of humans. Yeah, which I I think it's best to just kind of squint your eyes and not look at the timeline too closely. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, What else did we learn? We learned that uh, the wraith language is actually a derivation of ancient, which, you know, means that somebody who is skilled at languages, uh, like Dr. Weir, can apparently overnight translate the silly thing. (laughs) I know. Yeah, okay, carry on. You know, th- this is another one of those spots where you just need to squint. And just squint. Just, just squint. That's all. It, it, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, they also learned that a lone wraith wanted to make their feeding more efficient and so experimented on Taylor's ancestors. It didn't work that he hoped. And these human guinea pigs gained the telepathic abilities of the wraith themselves. And so, you know, having your food being able to read your mind is probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if chickens knew what we were thinking? Holy cow. Yeah. Um, they would be upset. So as a result, the Wraith scientist abandoned the research and sent the humans back and hoped that maybe if, you know, they procreate, it would dilute the system and maybe it would work better in the future. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, with this new information, the team realizes that Taylor might actually be able to connect 
to the Wraith Armada that is heading toward Atlantis and gain some valuable intel from them. It's a crazy idea, Brent, but it just might work. It just might work. It just might work. They try it, and it kind of works. It turns out that the Wraith can also enter Taylor's mind as she enters theirs. So, eh. They stop the experiment. Unfortunately, this process also compromises the Alpha site. Yep. So, what I didn't talk about was there's this guy named, you know, Sergeant Bates, and he has been working with certain members of the military that's there to create an Alpha site where they can escape to that is safe from the Wraith, blah, blah, blah. So when they have to blow up Atlantis, they can go somewhere. And, you know, having, you know, Stargate Atlantis will end, but they'll have a new series called Stargate Different Planet. (laughs) Stargate Alpha site. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, However, uh, because apparently, I mean, we don't really know this for sure, but, but this is how the story is presented uh that that uh, presumably uh when the wraith was able to enter into taylor's mind she knows about the alpha site and so they're like oh let's blow up the alpha site and so they blow up the alpha site so fortunately our team is able to get back without any casualties which is yes. great yes but, however they now do not have a fallback site to go to this yep. is a problem yep taylor wants to try again with this whole thing nobody else is quite convinced that that's a good idea now but Lieutenant Ford, in one of those few moments when he actually has dialogue, yeah, tells everyone that she's probably going to try again anyway. No one can really stop her. So shouldn't we all be there when she yep. tries? Very which, astute. A very good argument. Um, which is not something that... Which is kind of a surprise to come from Ford. I, I, yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, anyway, they all relent. So Taylor tries again. Once again, a wraith takes over her body and goes ballistic on everyone. Fortunately, Sergeant Bates is there to shoot her in the back with a wraith stunner. And then she falls over. And then we see the guy with a gun behind her. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> when she wakes, she has learned something. She's learned that there are too many wraith awake in the Pegasus galaxy. And there is simply not enough food to go around. Uh-huh. They're very hungry. And so they are attacking Atlantis because they know that Atlantis has a road to a very new, very rich feeding ground with billions of peoples. Uh-huh. That's Earth, Brent. Yeah. Uh, and now, and they know that Atlantis is the only way to get to Earth. Uh-huh. A smorgasbord for Wraith. The that's, end. That's bad. The end. Yeah, you know... we. What have we learned? We're in even more dire straits than we were before. That, that at, at, at close to the season end, what are we going to do? We're going to have to deal with it in the season <laughs> finale. <laughs> so, Brent. Yeah. The gift. Yeah. What'd you think? Um, Boy, this was... I have complex feelings about this one. First, 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 first. I get it. This is 2005. I understand We have come a long way. Friends, going to see a psychologist or a therapist is not a stigma. Do you do you think that going to the physician for an annual checkup is a stigma when your uh, when when your body breaks down for some reason? Like, heaven forbid, you break a bone or you sprain an ankle or you get a burn, whatever. Do you think that going to the doctor is a stigma? 
No. So if you're if if you've got a if you know that you need some mental health attention, go see a therapist. Go see a psychologist. It's fine. These people are there to help us with our health in the exact same way that every other physician is too. So just just got to get that. Uh, I, I want to say here that uh, it would be more fair to say that it shouldn't be a stigma. And we are developing, I think, in today's world for it to be less of a stigma. Fair. I'm, I'm more advanced. Ah, I mean, <laughs> right. I, I, I do agree with you that, that it, it ought not be a stigma and that, you know, all that you said is true there. Yes. Go, go, see, right. a, go see a professional. Like, that, that's what they're there for. They're, they're awesome. Like it, and, and better health is it's great. Better health is great. So, uh, that get that out of the way. All right. So, um, oh yeah, the blocking. Um, so I, I was noticing a few things about how this episode was constructed. On some aspects, it was just wonderful. Um, choice of lens in the dreamlike sequence, like you know, I mean, it was good. Like they they, they did a really good job, especially with the lighting, especially with the dream moment where Taylor thinks that their dreams that she's in the psychologist office. It was good. You know, like right. they did a really good job. I really like that a lot. Uh, the sequence of scenes where she's undergoing hypnosis was presented in the story. And I think it was probably written this way, at least makes the most sense that it was written this way, that this was done over the course of, of, of time. Like it was maybe a day or two, you know, like it was, there was time elapsed between each attempt and that's reasonable. Right. But the blocking that they did for all the characters was pretty bad. Um, everybody was in the exact same spot every time. And it's not the worst thing to presume that people would tend to be more or less exactly where they were before. I mean, like, that's not weird. But visually, it's uninteresting. And secondarily, if, you, if you've got an eye for it, you're just sitting here like, oh, you just, you just ran these shots one, two, three. Like... Like, I get it. It makes sense from a from a resources point of view. Like, you're going to want to everybody is in these shots. Everybody is in this spot. The the thing that's happening is basically the same one thing to the next. So just run it. OK, here's the first scene. Great. We got it. OK, let's do the second scene. OK, great. We've got it. Let's do the third scene. Great. We've got it. Move, move the folks, move the camera, move the lights, maybe. I mean, that doesn't make any sense in reality, but make it at least a little bit visually interesting. <laughs> Versus just this again and this again and this again. So I thought that was a little bit goofy. Um, you brought up a good point. Weir is an expert in ancient. That's Ooh. great. I mean, I'm. It's, that's wonderful. And also, I mean, she's had time to study up on it. I, I, I could, I could believe that she wasn't when she left, or she wasn't when she first uh, learned about the um, SGC way back at the end of season seven. Um. But, you know, she has since then studied up on it and is much better at it to the point that she can recognize a dialect of it. That is the Wraith language, which also is great information. This is good. This is there's a lot of really cool stuff in this thing, but it was a little bit like, oh, 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 I didn't. Huh. OK. Oh, I guess we're an expert in ancient now and Wraith Wraith words, too, apparently. So, yeah, that's nice. But it kind of surprised me a little. Um, Another thing that didn't seem to make any sense i will acknowledge that this is a science fiction television program like it's not hard science but imagine uh a scientist trying to put in human dna into a chicken 
in order for us to extract the nutrients from the chicken more efficiently. That just seems banana cakes. Like, <laughs> why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense at all, but whatever. Like, we had to have a story here for some reason, so that's good enough. No, um, I, I, will, I will just point out that we have, in our world today, goofball scientists. Yeah, that's fair. It's fair. It's fair. Um, yeah. And this guy was, uh, in story, a fringe scientist in the Wraith community. Yeah. He was alone. Nobody knew what he was doing, and he kind of closed up shop and, 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 and left and hoped nobody noticed. I would have preferred a throwaway line from McKay to crinkle up his nose and goes like, that doesn't make any sense. And then, and then like somebody else would be like, well, he was a French sign and then move on. Like that would have been enough for me to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a goofy idea. But you know, again, Fair enough. television program, not hard science. Um, and yeah, so Aiden Ford and the cogent argument, um, th- this makes me even more angry. <laughs> That's that. That um, Aiden Ford has been uh, not given enough interesting things because, you know, like that was that was a that was an astute observation, Mm -hmm. which means that he has been uh, engaged and paying attention to the nuances of his team members, which makes perfect sense um, and is able to provide plot critical information that moves the story along delightfully like that, that was that was right on the money and rainbow sun franks did a great job delivering that little abd line it was not hard to deliver but i'm just sitting here just like well you could do it there why couldn't you have done it all these other t-? like what are, what what have you guys been doing with your time like uh, and it, it does kind of make me think did um did we have it good with sg1 did we did we not need to have O'Neill and Jackson um, expanded all that much? Did, did season one show a lot more Carter and Teal'c than I remember? Um, because here we've got a ton of Shepard and Weir and not a lot of Taylor and Ford. And I'm forgetting somebody. Who am I forgetting? Um, um, McKay. McKay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, tons of McKay uh, and justifiably so. Tons of Shepard. Makes sense. He's the lead. Right. A good amount of weir, barely a decent, a mild amount of Taylor and nothing of Ford. So I was actually listening to the commentary for this episode last yeah. night. Um, and it was um, Peter DeLuise talking to Gary Jones. Yeah. And of course, Gary Jones um, is not really part of Atlantis, doesn't really know a whole lot about it. Uh, and so in the goofball joking, um, sometimes misogynistic way of those two. Yeah. Um, uh, Peter DeLuise was talking about the storyline. <clears throat> yeah. And um, Taylor, in the envisioning of things for uh, Atlantis, was sort of the the teal type of character, right? Yeah. Right. He was. She was the alien human. Um, who was part of the team who knows the galaxy that they don't know. Uh, and so you can turn to her when you have a, a question about what's happening in the Pegasus galaxy. Right. And she has the answer. Right. And she was used in that way 
a lot in this first season. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't have a lot to chew on. Uh, frankly, um, Teal'c was, you know, barely had more than monosyllabic phrases uh, in, in that first season and two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, compared, compared to the latest stories, that's for sure. You know, yeah. Um, you know, so it was very similar to this. So one of the things that does is this episode here was something that um, uh, Rachel Luttrell uh, really appreciated about this episode because yeah. this is an episode that was focused on her that really gave uh, something for Taylor to to grow and develop as a character. Yeah. Uh, something that she hadn't had much at all this whole season. Uh, so that was a good thing. Um, so that was part of that. And then, for whatever reason, um, Ford just gets lost. Yeah. He gets lost in this. Uh, and I don't know why. Um, I really don't. Uh, the it, It's not that Rainbow Sun Franks is a bad actor. Not at all. Um, he's, he's a very good actor, uh, at least at playing this character, right? I mean, um, you know, there, there are some actors who are good at some things and you have to know what your boundaries are. Right? Yeah. If you try to step outside your boundaries, you're not going to be as good. Um, and that's fine. Know your boundaries. So this character for Rainbow Sun Franks is right inside his boundaries. It works. Yep. Um, but there was something in the storylines, uh, you know, just... Uh, the the writers have underdeveloped his character. Yeah, and and it's it really is as simple as that. Such that that we get more development from Carson Beckett yes. this season. Yeah, than we do for um uh for Ford. It, and I, I I'm willing to accept that um that the fault actually might be in the character concept. Um, he is the number two military character in the core four. And right. so he is the Samantha Carter of the core four. But whereas the character concept of Samantha Carter came walking in the door with a little bit of pizzazz because uh, she has a reproductive organs on the inside, as that was so so pointedly pointed out in the first yes. episode, um, uh, you know, what does Aiden Ford have? Right. Well, He's- not only that, but also um, if if this team needs to talk about science, they go to McKay. Yes. McKay is right. So that's who they would, you know, so Ford is. And so this is I think this is what happened with with Ford and Taylor. Uh, Ford and Taylor um, were both uh, elements of Teal'c. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've got. The military aspect and then the alien aspect. Yeah. Um, and they separated those into those two different characters. They don't really have a a Jackson type character on the, Not the crew. Particularly, on the you know, like the, the Jackson um McKay parallel is the closest, but it's not it's not the same. Right. I mean, so so McKay is sort of a, a cross between Jackson and Sam. Yes. Um but then, you know, especially early on, uh, Sam's military prowess was way underutilized for a couple of oh, seasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the character was doing just fine because she was the scientist and yeah. was able to add that to the mix. Um, and then, you know, 
Taylor was an accomplished hand to hand fighter. Yeah, um, and scout and and, and scout knowledgeable and all that stuff. Yeah. And and so if we needed that in this story, we would turn to Taylor. It wasn't a much, but it was there. Yep. And then what did that leave Ford? Yeah. Uh the plucky kid who makes Silly jokes. Jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you make fun of me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, 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 I, I think you're right that the character was underdeveloped from the get-go. Yeah. And, you know, when you pull a cake out of the oven and it's not finished book baking, um, you know, there comes a point where you can't put it back in the oven and hope to fix it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. And um, while that's a good, while that's a very, very good analogy to, to sort of like frame it up, there y- there are things that you could do to introduce in- interesting things to this character, which, I mean, you know, television series do this all the time. Um, and they did it here with Taylor. Like, they may or may not have had this in mind when they first got, they probably did in one regard because this is season one. But you know what I'm getting at where it's like, this all this information just kind of came out of nowhere they which brings me to the good stuff so i'm ready to pivot unless you wanted to say a couple more things about that go ahead the good stuff is that boy there was number one there was a whole lot of good information in here tons of it and number two uh this is um so i remember in the early days people were really astonished that I was fine with watching an episode of what we were doing and then waiting until the next week to watch the next one because Mm -hmm. the episode is right there. All I have to do is just click the button and I can watch the next thing. I don't remember being this ready and good anxious for the next episode in Stargate at all. Hmm. Like, like not even in SG one. Uh, I was interested when the cliffhangers happened about, oh, how's this going to end? But this is one where I felt like they like they set up they set up a lot. And I know in big broad strokes where this is going, but the the specifics that you have a in the form of a person, excuse me, in the form of a person who is a member of the team, you have a window into the wraith. And it's a window. They can see right back. Uh, That introduces some interesting aspects of story Mm -hmm. that I have not seen before. I don't think I have. I haven't seen it quite like this. How do you use it? How do you not use it? When does the Wraith use it against you? Are they able to? Uh, Are they able to not how and why is that a thing? Um, holy moly, that just got real interesting. Like, really interesting. And how will that play in the last two episodes of Atlantis? I don't know. We'll see. But how might that play in the story of Atlantis? Uh, I, I can imagine that that is a wing of the house that is the story that suddenly just got built and you just opened the door and it's like, whoa, this is huge. Like there's all sorts of rooms back here. Yeah. What's in here and discover and, and, and exploring that sounds extremely interesting. I am super excited for that. I hope they explore it. Maybe they won't. I doubt they won't. But, you know, like I hope it's well explored. That's probably the best way to say it. Yeah. Um, very excited for that. 
And the ticking clock aspect of the pending Wraith uh, invasion is uh, the clock is ticking, right? And so in that regard, yeah. like, you know, nothing, nothing really has happened other than the clock has ticked some more. And it's not profoundly shocking that uh, I guess I maybe have picked up before that the Wraith now know of Earth. I thought it was even mentioned. Maybe they were mentioning it like we can't let the Wraith know because etc. So, you know, in that regard, this idea is not new. And now that they know it, it's not. This all makes sense. This all makes sense to me. Um, This is the uh, this is the 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 climax of this particular problem. How will it get solved? I, I don't know. Um, I, uh, I am aware that communication back to earth has transpired. I don't know where this is going. I suspect that earth may come in and save the day at the last minute. Um, how though, because if the Wraith are throwing that many hive ships and each one contains as much as they do, I'm not sure. I I just don't know. Maybe, maybe the, maybe the Asgard are a piece of the, the, you know, you know what I'm getting at? Like, you know, like sure. what kind of armada is going to have to show up in order for this to work out? We'll see. Maybe no armada, maybe exactly an armada. We'll, we'll, I, I, we'll find out. Um, but I am interested in seeing that. So, you know, like, it's like, yeah, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's keep going. And um, how this aspect of Taylor was explored and revealed had some clunky parts for sure, but I mm-hmm. thought it was pretty well done overall. Like, I thought it was very plausible, extremely interesting, uh, a little bit uh, in the same way that they were running a little fast and loose on the whole, like, you know, adding DNA, human DNAs to chickens. Um, you know, it, <laughs> it, it felt a little fast and loose to talk about how that genetic modification could be passed up. But whatever. Here we are. We're here. Um, and, you know, Taylor has a superpower. That's all right. Like yeah. having a superpower is a great uh, thematic device to use. I'm excited to see how they're going to use it. So overall, I'm feeling pretty positive, even though this one had kind of plenty of moments that it felt like it tripped a little. But I don't know. It's I think it started off with such a good idea that even though it tripped a few times, that the idea was just good enough to kind of carry the thing. And I'm I'm really interested where this idea is going. So that's broadly where I'm at. What about you? So, um, yeah, I'm kind of in a similar spot to you. Um, I. remember the basics of how this whole story is resolved. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I had forgotten that this episode kind of ends on a quasi cliffhanger. Um, <clears throat> not really so much a cliffhanger as just a, a pause in the story, um, which I guess is what a cliffhanger is. Yeah. But it's, it's not quite the same type of dramatic pause. Um, uh, you know, so I'm just thinking of, this is more like what we saw in the final season of of Deep Space Nine uh, in terms yeah. of storytelling. Um, so it's just kind of a continuation of the story. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I was noticing that this was a an episode that, for the most part, was just kind of moving uh, at its own deliberate pace. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a fast-paced episode. It was just kind of, you know, clicking along, um, you know, and and I appreciated that uh, in, in, you know, so it just, uh, 
it, it, it takes a special episode to hold my attention while moving at a not fast paced um, clip. Yep. Um, usually because when they slow things down, they get really, really slow. Right. Uh, and then it gets boring. Um, and so to have a slower paced episode that is not grinding to a halt. Yeah. Uh, is, is important. Um, like you, I kind of got stuck a little bit on the whole uh, stigma around psychologists yeah. and say uh, using you know mental health. And I just have to remind myself that this was 2005 and yeah. that was very much the reality of 2005. Um, I really, really appreciated in that conversation that uh, Shepard um, was not threatened by that process at all. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, he was just, um, uh, he was, look, you, you need somebody to talk to. That's what she's there for. Yeah. And it's my job to make sure that you're healthy, which includes your brain. Yeah. So go talk to her. Yeah. Because right. that's how you get through this. Um, you know, I mean, was it the, the cleanest? No. Was it a little bit clunky? Maybe. But, you know, it was, um... It was an unstigmatized um, perspective. Yeah. And I appreciated that. Um, I really appreciated seeing uh, the development of Taylor. We've been talking about this this whole season of her being underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see this episode and uh, we get some of that development. Uh, you know, she's had this ability to kind of sense the wraith since the very beginning but we haven't really addressed it or haven't really talked about it a whole lot. And now we get a chance to, to dig into that a lot more, mm-hmm. um, which, which I appreciate. Um, uh, you know, uh, it, Sergeant Bates always gets on my nerves. Yep. Even though uh, I agreed with both him and Kavanaugh in their assessment of this stuff, I thought that their contributions actually made sense and i thought they were correct even though they were snarky as all get out like that was their style but i was just like i was with mckay when he was like surprisingly i'm with kavanaugh on this one (laughs) yeah yeah um no i mean uh and and i agree that that you know but so you know bates has just uh got this me against everybody adversarial tone he he comes across as he knows better than everybody and it's kind of written on his face. Yeah. And, you know, and Shepard is kind of constantly having to put him into check by being like, Sergeant, like, you know, like Bates. Yeah. It feels like Bates feels like he needs to be the one in command. Bates feels that he should be in charge. That's what I meant. Yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that I don't think that it's poorly written. I think he's a pretty good, pretty strong character. Yeah. Um, and. You know, and um, uh, I'm blanking on the, the actor's name who plays him. Does a great job. I'll scroll. Of that. I'll find it. Um, Dean it, Marshall. It's just Dean Marshall. Yep. Um, but all of that said, it's also a character that I'm like, oh, every time he talks, it just <laughs> shut your face, Bates. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, it just it's it's terrible that way. But it was good that he was there with the zappy zap gun. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Which actually is um, uh, a right up his alley. It's exactly what he would have done. Yep. Uh, and the look on his face, kind of a, I told you so. Yep. Look, 
uh, was right up exactly what you would expect that character to do. And at the same time, I'm like, gosh, would this guy just, you know, pull the, whatever is shoved up there. We just pull that out. Maybe he should also go see uh, Dr. Uh, Heitmeyer. Heitmeyer. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't hurt him. Nope. Um, so, um, you know, it. I, I don't really have a whole lot more to add that I haven't already talked about. Um, I'm not sure what I think about this episode. Um, you know, it it does a lot. Yeah. Um, it has some missteps. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to wait just a few more minutes and, and process what that and, and decide what kind of Chevron rating I'm going to give it. Sure. But that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. I don't know if I have much more to add. Yeah. Um, I mean, I talked for quite a while. Um, I don't have any, I, I, I don't know if we're ready to go. Let's just go. I, you know, <laughs> I think, I, I think, I think we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well. All right, fine. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, last week we just kept going and going and going oh, and going. Boy. And oh, boy. Like, me. It was me. I, oh boy. Upon editing it, I was like, wow, I talked a lot. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, friends. <laughs> you know, it's okay, Brent. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it's that. It's your podcast, too. You're yeah, allowed to do things like that. That's true, especially from time to time. Yeah. All right. So, hit me with it. All right. How many chevrons are you going to give the gift? I, I liked it. I liked it. I think that the things that were, like I said, where it was tripping up, I, it was just, it, it, didn't, it didn't quite impede sort of the, the, the point that the story was trying to make. Um. I was willing to squint and not pay too close of attention to the details uh, in order to, to just let the, the, the sort of the main idea land, because I really liked the main idea that we're going to give Kayla a superpower, right? Sweet. I, I'm a hundred percent. I like that. I like my science fiction um, uh, having kind of fantastic qualities to it. I, I just like it. So I am a hundred percent on board with this idea. I am very excited to learn how the story explores this thing, especially the two-way nature of it. So excited. That's going to be great. So much tension is going to be able to be uh, created by that little, that little um, storytelling device that I'm just delighted for it. So overall, I'm feeling really, really positive, but I also can't quite get over <laughs> the things that it tripped along. So for me, I'm going to go and give it a five. Um, I think that if I were feeling even better, I might go to a six, but I don't think I should because there's just enough about it that was a little bit bonk, bonk, you know, just clonked around a little bit. And mm -hmm. but what it did, I think it did fine. And what it delivered, I very much liked. So five out of seven, uh, if they had done things a little bit differently, I would have been more happy if they had thought a little bit more about the story. Maybe I would have enjoyed it a tad more. Um I'm I'm holding a bit of a grudge for the character of Aiden Ford because uh, the first half of this episode, he was just a dumb kid. The second half of the episode, he was an insightful team member. I liked the latter part. Why can't I have more of that? Five out of seven for me. What about you? Yeah. Um, like I just said a couple minutes ago, I'm not sure where I sit with this episode. Sure. Um, it It's, it's a good episode. Uh, it does. I really, really appreciate how it develops uh Taylor more um and i uh, you know i honestly can't remember off the top of my head exactly how uh this new superpower she has is developed in the 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 long term 
Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, even if it is underdeveloped in the future, just to have this moment where Taylor is given a chance to be Taylor and to do Taylor things that, um, you know, I mean, I, I just appreciate that. So yep. that's a good part. Uh, you know, Ford's being an immature child at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I don't remember Ford bugging me so much when I watched it the first time. It, but in this rewatch, yeah. it's just like, oh, for, maybe it's just because I'm an old man. Now. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that matters. Like, you know, like we were different people 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, 20 years ago, I would have been not far off his age. Correct. Uh, a little bit older. Yeah. Um, But, you know, not quite. Right. Uh, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, it, that, that bugs me. Yep. Um, I, I, and to the, to the point where when he gets insightful at the end, I'm like, this isn't the Aiden Ford that I know. <laughs> he needs to be like myopic and, and I uninteresting. Mean, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I would like more of the one than the other. Yes. But we haven't ever gotten any of the one. Yeah, We've only yeah. gotten the other. Um, so, you know, I think all told, this is a good episode. It's not a great episode. It, it's, it's better than middle of the pack. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, that's a long way around to say, I'm going to give this a five, two. <laughs> uh, well, good. I had to process that. I had to go through that process. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That, that yeah. absolutely makes sense. All right. Well, uh, we do have some predictions. Yes. Um, there was quite some chatter on the Facebooks. Um, I just know that it was there. I didn't actually look at it to see what was being said. I mean, but, boy, that's that. I, I, it's interesting to me that people had a lot to say. So let's get yeah. into that. All right. So uh, we start with Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Adrian says, Taylor's acting is superb here. Yeah. Just with a facial expression, and you know she is now a wraith. I suspect the wraith experiments and Taylor's new abilities will give both a lot to talk about. Hopefully, they'll appear, appear again and not be forgotten. Mm -hmm. Just like the third shot disintegration, disintegrated uh, and worth <laughs> yeah. the wraith able to cast shadows before. Yeah, I think that might come back. Anyway, I think... Both will give it a seven mm, as wow. it ups the anticipation of the arrival of the threat. That, that, that is true. It does up. It does up it. That's for sure. But not quite that generous. Ah, yes. No, no. Uh, and then there's some some chatter back and forth. Um, I noticed some of the chatter and out of context. I'm like, ooh. And then and then, you know, in context, then you're like, oh, OK, that works. Gotcha. Fine. Yep. So uh, we have Paul. Hi, Paul. Paul has a short prediction. Yeah. Zach gives this a five and a half and Brent gives it a six, both due to the effects of being a wraith. Yeah. Very yeah, close. Very close. Yeah. Very close. Um, ooh, Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Rowan says, I'm traveling this week slash weekend, so I don't have any thoughts to share. Just wanted to say hi and randomly guess with no memory of this episode <laughs> that Brent will love it and give it a seven, but Zach will hate it and give it a two. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, you know what? Um, the average of two and seven is uh, five. Is four and a half. Close enough. I don't do halves. Got well, round up. Uh, you said average. 
Uh, okay. Anyway, thanks, Rowan. <laughs> thanks, Rowan. <laughs> uh, next, we have Sean. Hi, Sean. Sean says, I don't have much to say on this one. It's a vital episode that brings a new interesting aspect to Taylor. Uh, the Wraith and Magen, uh Mind control? Uh, how, does one, how does this even work? Subspace telepathy? Yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, here are some fun facts. Uh, he talks about the J. Felger and the, the comic book for Avenger. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, in the book Stargate Atlantis Inheritors, the history of the Wraith scientist who is responsible for Taylor's mental powers is explained, mm-hmm. along with more about what the Wraith had been attempting to do and what happened to him. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Um, Sean, you don't go into much detail about what that is, just that, that there's... <laughs> you gotta read the book. That's the whole oh. point. Okay, sorry. You gotta read the book. Gotta read the book. There you go. Um, and then he goes on, when Taylor gets fed, up, fed upon by the Wraith, she fights him off to wake up and realizes it was all a dream. Mm-hmm. If you look closely, there are pieces of the Wraith's finger guard lying on her bed that most likely came off during filming. Now, that's Very cool. I, I missed that. Yeah, that's a fun little, that's a fun little oopsie. Yep. Uh, so, predictions. Uh, he says, I think Zach will give it a six and Brent Close. will give it a five. Hey, very nice. Well very done. close. You got Brent right on. Yeah, and pretty close. A little to bit that. high for me. Yep. But that's good. And then uh, finally, we've got Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. We had a Taylor episode. Was it great? Was it horrible? Was it somewhere in between? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> As always, I took some notes and I apologize in advance for the lengths I had to go through to keep up with what I try to do every week. You don't have to. Well, I mean, yeah. you can. You're welcome to. Yes. But you don't have to. No, it's not, it's not a job. No. Number one, you would think that beyond the ATA gene, Lantian Tech would give some sort of anti-wraith protection. Um, sure. Yeah, I suppose so. Number two, a dream within a dream. Yeah. <laughs> Inception <laughs> mo dreams. Yeah. Mo yep. fun. Yeah. Yep. That fog machine is working hard. Yeah. It, uh, it'd be working real hard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Break down mental barriers that prevent people from going crazy. Uh, because that always ends so well for us. Mm. <laughs> uh, luckily, in this case, two shocks doesn't kill. And I'm sure three doesn't disintegrate. Yeah. That yep. was, yep. Uh, this is a different weapon. Totally very different handy. Weapon. Yes. Number six, tagging the planet. Is this what that blue light was in the previous episode? Oh. The light that was never explained? It could be. Could be. Number seven, why are they looking at Bates like that? Him grabbing a stunner resolved the situation and prevented Taylor from hurting anyone else or getting herself hurt. It's a win-win situation. Bates was right. lethal force. Yep. I think they were looking at him like that because that's how they always look at him because he's... <laughs> oh, Bates is in the room. <laughs> All right. So, it was sort of a meh episode, although it provides some interesting insight into how the Wraith evolved as a species. Mm-hmm. I think Zach and Brent will give it a five chevrons each. Oh! Oh, Kevin, Kevin got you got it! it! Do, 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 do
Well done. Congratulations, Ken. Yes, very well done. Uh, he says, see you next time for part one and part two of the episodes Zach will reveal soon uh-huh. after the Discord and email. Yes. Yes. There you go. So what do we have on the Discords? On the Discords. Uh, Got to get to the spot. Okay, here we go. We've got Elio. Hi, Elio. Hi, Elio. Says, once more, our pals in the Pegasus neighborhood come to entertain us. This time, they discover Taylor is a descendant of a Wraith Mix experiment. She has the tools to SSH into their network mind and still, <laughs> and still some important files, steal some important files to try to win the battle against them. Let's see who has more hacking XP. Ops. Alpha site compromise. Oops. Alpha site compromise. I think they did this one. Uh, this one's an SG1. I think it was when Carter had the brilliant idea to allow Replica Carter to read her mind. Do we really need to have this to be this naive every time? I know that it improves the story, but I can't say this episode is more than a meh. Two for me. Oh. Four for Brent. Close. Close. And a three for Zach. Wow. Wow. It was spicy. Very spicy. All right. And then we've got JD. Hi, JD. Hi, JD. JD says, Taylor, and all, JD's shouting this part. Taylor has a reason to exist. Huzzah. <laughs> Huzzah. That's true. We, we do learn some lore stuff, which is fun, but in a very slow and boring way, which is less fun. This episode and a few others make me sad because the actress obviously has some chops, but is given given a very bland character. I think there could be some conversation that will pop this up to a four for, for Brent and Zach will be meh and give it a 3.5. Wow. Uh, we, like, we liked it a little more than that, but, uh, but you are correct in the, uh, the, the meh zone. And yeah. that is it for the predictions on the discords. Right. And we do have an email just uh-huh. one this week uh, from David. Uh huh. And he starts by giving us the true gift was the Chevron encoding bias bonus. Oh, you see, now that is the that's that is the reason for the season. Oh, oh, sorry, I, I got it correct. The true gift was the Chevron encoding bias buffers we met along the way. Oh, that is the reason for the season. Indeed. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that we met along the way. This is an expository filler episode, as. In nothing much happens, but we learn some stuff. Uh huh. We learn that Taylor has Wraith DNA, which explains the thing that the Wraith are coming not just for Atlantis, but so that they can get to Earth, and that the Atlantis expedition brought along a psychiatrist. Yeah. No, it was a psychologist. She Psycho- can't pass out medicines. Yeah, that's right. Did I say psychiatrist earlier too? Whatever. I don't psychologist. Recall. But she was a psychologist. Yes. Okay. Fine. Sure. Whatever. Does any of that really change anything? No. Mm, no. No. Brent will give this four chevrons for feeling hunger. <laughs> close. And Zach will give it four and a half chevrons for the obvious filler. Very close. There you go. Close. Cool. All right. All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for yes, your predictions and you. your thoughts. I appreciate it. Uh, congratulations to Kevin for getting our predictions yeah, right this week. The Super Dukes. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, Brent. Yes. Next week, we turn our sights on Stargate SG-1, episodes 19 and 20, oh, together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is the season finale. Uh-huh. It's called Mobius. <sighs> Mobius. Okay. Yeah. What's Mobius all about? Mobius. Okay. All right. Next time on Stargate SG-1. 
the SG-1 team traveled through the gate to find themselves in a strange world. A world that seems to be somewhat civilized. It's very reminiscent of, of Earth that they have just left. So in that regard, I guess it is civilized. It's just not quite so futuristic as might be befitting a spacefaring planet. But hey, Earth is spacefaring now, so maybe it's all the same. Anyway, we're there on this other planet. And we are confronted with a very peculiar problem. You see, while the SG-1 team is able to communicate back to the SGC through the radios that they're able to, to use with the Stargate when the Stargate is active, it seems that this somewhat advanced society is completely unable to engage in instantaneous communication over long distances. Hmm. A very peculiar aspect to a civilization that seems to be well advanced how could they have developed their technologies without also developing the technology to communicate almost instantly over distances well this mystery is only compounded when high level ranking members of their society notice the radios that the team has and they are like we want those radios and the team is like Sure, but not these radios, because we need these radios. And the, the high-ranking civil, the people on the, on the other planet were like, no, no, those radios. But they didn't call them radios, you see. They, they, they had another name for it, a name that, that we, we also use in certain areas of the globe to refer to radio-type technologies. In some places, we like to call our mobile phones Mobies. And so... The civilization said, I need you to Moby us. <laughs> that was a half-hearted laugh. <laughs> Join us next time where a civilization finally can make some calls. Stargate SG-1 Mobius. Um, that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I will finale. tell you. Yeah. That uh, they 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 do go to a place yeah. that uh, does not have mobile phones. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I got that yeah. right. Um, uh, they 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 um, yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> that's and that's where the similarity ends. <laughs> but yeah, we do have a very nice promo yeah from our very nice friend of the show david yes thank you david that thank you david that we can watch to get a better sense of what this episode is really all about yeah okay i'm excited are you ready to watch the promo yes i am i am hitting play now next time on the season finale of stargate sg1 Three, turn up. Oh, what's what we got going on here we have a time machine. We can go back and get the ZPM. But the ZPM was never found. We would have to huh. be extremely careful to minimize our interaction with the people in the period. We alter this time, and the future is already different. Dr. Daniel Jackson. Huh. Dr. Smith. Huh. Part of a team called SG-1, and we have just traveled back in time 5,000 years. Okay. Oh, hey! It's Kowalski! Hi, Jack. That's Colonel Major. You're retired. Oh, 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 uh oh. Gosh. <laughs> uh huh, uh huh. It's all next time. Oh, oh hey, all right. 
Oh, uh -oh. Is, that, oh, is that a promise? Is that a promise? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we get to see oh, a promise. We get to see Kowalski. Kowalski. Whatever. And we get to see Hammond. I'm excited for this one. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah. Or at least I hope it's fun. Well, it, you know, it, it. I can't say anything. Yeah, no, you can't. But, but I'm uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. And so we will uh, delve into... Mobius, probably next week, uh, unless something weird happens. Yeah, I don't see any reason why not. It's probably happening next week. Yep. So we'll deal into that, and uh, that'll be exciting. Yes, so, I'm excited for it. Tell us what you think. What did we get right? What did we yeah. get wrong? Yep. Um, you know, whatever you want to talk about. You want to talk about, uh, you know, non-canonical books? Then let's talk about books. Uh, go to the Facebooks. Go to the Discords. All yep. of that stuff. Yep. Talk about your uh, sock puppet ideas. Or you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. So, with all of that, yeah. I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home. <laughs> <laughs>